Welcome to the Amazon Legends Podcast, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became powerful sellers, also experts specializing in helping sellers, and both former and current Amazon employees who will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here's your host, Nick Urison. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. My guest today is a veteran of e-commerce. He's got almost three decades uh, under his belt in this space, and but he doesn't look any older than like maybe 30. And, uh, he's the founder and CEO of eAccountable and an avid golfer, traveler, a wine connoisseur, a major into art. So uh, I'm delighted to introduce you to Dirk Price. Welcome to the show, Dirk. Thanks for inviting me, Nick. Well, you know, you are the person who's been around for a long time and you've seen a lot of changes. So what do you see these days as a successful way to launch an online operation as a business? Who wants to go direct to consume? Well, it's uh, a lot has to do with what the brand is, where the brand is, what the opportunity is. And, you know, some people have a brand that, is good to do on websites. Some are have a brand that is reselling. Those don't, don't do as well on uh, Amazon. And so you, you'd launch some direct to web, but we've been doing a lot of, we've been taking a lot of guys that are struggling with direct consumer and just basically put them on Amazon. Um, and they're doing quite well. And why do you, why do you pick Amazon rather than go through the website? Um, well, it's a it's really hard to build a brand to get the traffic in Google, in Facebook. And you know, Facebook, the social media stuff, that's all, you know, not quality traffic, very high, high funnel. You got to be a big brand to take advantage of social. So if you're trying to, if you're got an e-commerce brand trying to sell something, trying to build a brand to compete against the other brands already out there in Google. It's really hard. Uh, you got to spend a lot of money and you're not sure what the return will be, even if you spend a lot of money. So you said something that I want to unpack. Quality traffic. What is quality traffic? Yeah, quality traffic is traffic that converts at a high rate. And that depends on where you are in your lifetime with your campaign. As we mature campaigns, we like to see a three to one or four to one, or even higher re return on ad spend. But when you're a brand new brand, you'd be lucky if you could get one to one, even with your bidding on your own brand name. So a lot of it is how do you get over that threshold, get people to your site, have a compelling offer and have your e-commerce platform work well enough that people will buy. Well, you know, that's hard. It's really hard, heavy lifting. You go to Amazon or marketplaces and you don't have as much, your brand name can help you, but really your product is what helps you. And they already have an e-commerce platform that works beautifully. And they've got shipping taken care of if you do FBA, depending on what you're selling. And so in a lot of ways, it simplifies your time to market. We can get somebody with a good product where they are creating it, not a reseller, but creating the product. We can get them to market faster and learn faster in marketplaces 
and Amazon in particular, than we can direct consumer. And we've, we've faced this issue over and over, and some customers have struggled in direct consumer, and we've just morphed them into strictly an Amazon store. And they're doing, they're doing fine. Now, ultimately, we like to see strong retailers be in both places. Um, you know, but we have one that we're getting ready to redo again, long story, but uh, they had a website. We were spending a bunch of money on content and PR, and it was getting really expensive. And then we started selling in Amazon, and while it, you know, it was starting to really catch on, and so now they're just abandoning their direct consumer. They're going to keep their Shopify store, but they're going to point all the links to Amazon. So when you check out, you're going to check out at Amazon. So they have 30,000 email addresses. So they're going to use that, but they're going to send everybody to Amazon because it, they don't own a fulfillment company. They, you know, that's a mess to them and they can get sent it all to Amazon. So they're using a, uh, but we're not spending any money on, the direct consumer website. We're only spending money on search inside Amazon. And we've already proven we can get the returns going the right direction so they'll make money. And they manufacture and they've got good cost of, great cost of manufacturing. So, uh, you know, we can actually offer fairly good discounts to start with to get them started. Um, and so that's one of the things where we're just, we're abandoning direct we're abandoning the website, direct consumer, and strictly doing marketplace. Again, we prefer that they have both because one helps the other. We have a lot of customers that are on both, and they fin they'll go in and they'll go in to buy it on Amazon. We don't really care, and we don't. We tell the customer we don't really care where they close. Just buy, whether it's the website or whatever. And I think you want to have, as we get in the guys who are really successful doing both marketplace and. Um, direct consumer, the direct consumer offer has to be a little bit different, not in pricing necessarily. You don't really want to get in that, but they've got to offer a little bit more customer experience, different customer experience than Amazon's already great customer experience, purchasing experience. Uh, and so that's kind of how we are looking at things right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I call this <clears throat> somebody launching for the first time launching on their website exclusively because they want to establish their own presence. You know, first of all, people are very possessive, right? So they have their own website. They can control anything. Yeah. They want to do their own thing. So that's the approach. So I call that you are damned if you're successful, damned if you are failing. Because yeah. so if you're failing, what does failure look like? You've got your website. You spent all that money. First of all, by the way, it's front-loaded because you have to design a website. Yeah. You have to get somebody to put the Shopify. If you're using Shopify, you have to pay the license fee, get a designer, do all that. So it's front-loaded work that takes time and money. And then let's say that you do that. That's, that's nothing. It means nothing until you start advertising. So when you are advertising, Failure looks like spending a lot of money bringing people to the website but not getting enough orders. Right. So that's the failure. So let's assume that you succeed in that. Let's say that you're getting a lot of people to the website and let's assume that a lot, a lot of them are buying, which, by the way, doesn't happen because people just, they may find you like the way you put it. Mm -hmm. They may search you and they may find the product. They may find your company but they may be just looking for information. 
Not necessarily they are buyers. So yeah. most people will not buy. So they but nevertheless, you pay for the clicks and yeah. you bring them to the website. So, but let's assume that you have really good ratio and you've got good people coming. Doesn't happen, but let's assume it does. Now you have many, many, many orders coming in. So now you have to be in pick pack ship operation, customer service operation, answer the emails, answer the phones, yep. deal with returns, deal with refunds. So this is if you are successful. So the sad reality is whether you fail, then you failed, you run out of money, you're nowhere. Yeah. Or you succeed, that means you fulfilled every order. The most important thing in the online operation is neither one of these things. It's not the advertising. It's not the, the fulfillment, the customer service. It is demand planning. How much inventory you need to carry at all times. And yep. You're not going to know that until you build historical data and build your algorithms, get your manufacturing in order, right? Get your uh, whole accounting system to show you what inventory you're carrying and what POs are open. And, and that's the biggest part of the, the puzzle yeah. that you don't even get to address, right? Yeah. So we just had even crazier thing happen. We had a really neat product. It was a actually is a, a, a shoe that made you look taller, you know, and, um, and it was really good looking as a tennis shoe. And it had up to an inch and a half, I think. And so he had started his website, but he really wanted to do Amazon. So we started their Amazon store. He couldn't keep us in stock. We would sell out everything he would produce. And, and then something else happened. His website went viral. Again, it's a really niche product. But it's one that, you know, I'm six foot five, so I never thought about getting lift shoes. But if you're five eight, five nine, you know, it's nice to be five ten, five eleven. And but his his website on earned earned media just went viral. The other thing is he doesn't have to stock as many shoes that that we were stocking in Amazon. He can he can rotate them in and out a little easier and have so he was having much more luck keeping the sales going on his website with less inventory than Amazon required because we were anyway. And so he paused, we're pausing Amazon right now as he's, he's got fulfillment issues, like great problems to have, yeah. but he doesn't have, he doesn't, he can't focus. He's literally a one man shop and can't focus on both. So we're, we pause the Amazon for now. I mean, we're still keeping the Amazon store open, but we're not doing any paid, paid marketing. So he's going to sell a few hundred pair a month without any problem. But it's kind of interesting how that's why, you know, sometimes your website takes off for things you don't even understand. His did. And, you know, in Amazon, we're just out there competing against other lift shoe products and we're doing well. We're not having any trouble. He just can't keep it in stock. Yeah. Um, so so we, we deal with every extreme out there from, you know. And, and, and by the way, these extremes will scale, right? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> they will scale. I mean, They'll scale he, overnight. He knows. Yeah, he knows this is on him. He knows that as soon as he gets 
all this one side stabilized, you, we're sitting in, in the weeds ready to get the other side going again. I mean, there's no, he's not losing anything per se. He's just not growing it like we could grow it. And he knows so, that. So, something you mentioned earlier, link the website to Amazon to make the purchase. Yeah. So talk, talk about that. And then why would you do that? What are the benefits? Um, well, in, in the case that we were mentioning with our with our customer is they don't want to do fulfillment. You know, they don't they don't want to do it, so they're just going to let Amazon do. It. So it's that simple, and that way they don't have to they don't really have to worry about their shopping cart being up to date and having all the big bells and whistles. They just do a nice simple Shopify, put the link. Just the links are embedded. They should go to Amazon to buy. They go right to the purchase page, and everything's done. And so it's really pretty straightforward but they don't they're a small actually good sized company but they've got 20 projects this is one of them and it's just not worth their time they're not in the fulfillment business and so that drove them crazy and so amazon just solves that for them yeah. without any problem now this has a, a huge advantage of course it takes care of the fulfillment problem it yeah. takes care of customer service returns yeah. it's all done uh, the, the real benefit from my standpoint is when you are selling through your website where you do your own fulfillment and you're selling through Amazon, you have two locations mm -hmm. for which you need to track inventory real time so mm -hmm. that you can replenish. Right. That is a much harder proposition than just tracking one location. Right? Yeah. And that's, again, our guy that's uh, going... You know, it's pausing our Amazon because he can't keep track of his inventory. Exactly. Well. So, so this is a very strategic move, which I always recommend to my clients. You know, if you're starting, forget about the website. First, start on Amazon. But by all yeah. means, put up the website. Just link it to the Amazon listing. Now, there is an argument also against it, though, because the argument is, wait a minute, I'm gonna bring people to my website. But now I have to pay Amazon 15% just to fulfill my order. So what is the justification in that? It's still going to cost you something to fulfill the order, even if you're doing it yourself. And if you, if you really run the numbers, I don't think 15% off, you're going to do much better than 15% per sale in your whole warehousing, employees. You know, most people, even if they don't have a warehouse or outsourcing somebody, I tell you, that guy's doing it. By the time you get all the fees and everything, it's twelve to fifteen percent. Yeah, and, I give you. I mean, two, just, yeah, I give you two more benefits, just to you know yeah. against my own argument. One Who's interviewing who? I am learning more from you than you're learning from me. <laughs> well, this is a two-way street, so <laughs> I, you know, you cannot imagine the things I learn. Uh, it's unbelievable. So yeah. Uh, the, the first benefit is if you ship something yourself, you're going to pay $5 plus to the post office cheapest. In some cases, if it's a really small item, you can have these lower yeah, yeah. Uh, services with UPS and, and others. But nevertheless, let's say 5 bucks. Well, that 5 bucks cost is much, much higher than what Amazon will charge you in fulfillment fees. So you're going to make it up on that one. That's number one. Number two, and the biggest is this, your rank for your Amazon listing will go up, right? When you're driving this external traffic yeah, and yeah, they become absolutely. orders, 
your rank is, is going up and that increase in rank is going to bring you much, much more exposure. And uh, of course, you can't pay enough for that, right? Yeah, that's, you know, that's always something we don't really factor. It's hard to factor that in, but it's absolutely the truth. If you get, if you send outside traffic to Amazon for however you do it, your, you know, while their algorithm, you know, is, is different than everybody else's out there, but they're looking for signals. You know, Google, uh, Google only has a light amount of signals from Facebook since they're a walled uh, system. And so, but they can, they kind of get a hint because they have Google Analytics. So they have an idea where the traffic's coming from, it's coming from social. Well, it's the same thing with Amazon. While, you know, uh, Facebook is, is uh, walled off to them, they can see the source of traffic in general. And so they see traffic coming to your site. You know, that's organic traffic to your site, regardless of where it comes from, to Amazon. And if they see organic traffic coming to your site, your organic ratings improve, your cost of paid goes down. Uh, not a lot, but some. And But your total return on ad spend all of a sudden goes way up. I mean, your value proposition you know, your cost, really your cost to sale goes way down because you're getting, you're getting uh, organic and you're doing paid. You're getting a really good return on paid because people are coming there with a reason to buy. So again, it's all, it all works together uh, beautifully. Yeah. So this is, uh, you're talking about the, the ACOS versus TACOS. Mm -hmm. So ACOS, uh, ACOS means you spend $100 in advertising on clicks, mm -hmm. and then those clicks will generate $300 in sales. Right, right. So 100 versus 300, so you got 30% ACOS, right? That's what it is. So for every dollar you spend, you generated $3. However, there is a dynamic on Amazon that when you pay for clicks, you get organic clicks. Organic being you don't pay for it, people search, you come yeah. up, and of course, based on your performance, you come up higher and higher, yeah. and then people will click on it. So now suddenly what you have is you have a total of $1,000 in sales. Yeah. 300 came from advertising. Yeah. 700 came from organic. So now you paid 100 bucks in advertising, but you got 1000 So that's the takeoffs. That's the 10%. Yeah. That's what you're yeah. referring to, right? Yeah, and I, you're right. I don't, I use kind of like, you know, my background is predominantly coming out of website business and Google and, you know, return on ad spend was our deal and total return on ad spend is, you know, based on yeah. total sales and total cost of your spend. And so that's, but yeah, you're, that's the correct nomenclature yeah. for Amazon. So, I mean, everybody creates this. So it was the ROAS that you yeah. return on ad spend. So yeah. uh, th these are all things that, that people want to keep an eye on. So I had a guest uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, this was an aggregator, and I asked him, so tell me something you're doing really well. And his answer was, we make money by losing money. So, so I said, well, how does that work? And he was basically referring to advertising. And when you advertise, you pay for clicks on Amazon. Obviously, at the beginning, you're not going to get much, yeah. especially. However, 
every one of those clicks, first of all, you will generate revenue. It just won't make money. So you will lose money in the sale by the time you pay the fee and the cost of the yeah. merchandise. However, it will push your rank up. Yes. So it never goes to waste. Um, but there is a there, there is a rule. The rule is you need to have focus. In other words, you want to be getting those clicks on specific keywords. If it's all over the place, then yeah. you have no focus and therefore you're not building up your profile, right? So that's yeah. the... That's the, the Amazon thing. doesn't know what you are if you yeah. don't focus on, yeah. on the most popular keywords. And that means you got to take on some big guys a lot of times. And there, there's the thing is we why we like Amazon so much is it's very, very difficult to forecast what you're going to do in Google, how, how long it's going to take or anything. But there are so many good tools in the Amazon world that help you, you know, search for keywords, tells you which keywords are going to be hard to get, which ones are more profitable to get. Um, there's uh, tools that tell you who your competitors are. You can see what they're doing in Amazon. You can then look at their A-plus content and their all their pro product pages and really key in on what they're doing. All of a sudden, you know, if you just do the work, and it's not easy, and you, you and I have been through that together. I mean, it is not for the faint of heart. That's the other thing. Most people don't realize when they get an Amazon account, they think it's all of a sudden it's just going to boom. I tell you what, it we it takes really hard work to get Amazon right. When you do, you've got a machine then. And it is, you know, really unbelievable. But it takes a lot of work up front to get it. You know, to the fact that, you know, since you and I, we did that deal almost two years ago, I think. And uh, since that time, uh, eAccountable has added content, develop, uh, content development, uh, creative, we've got two creative people, we've got PR, and all of a sudden, content and and design creative, including video, is part of our deal, and it's almost all focused on our Amazon customers. I mean, yeah, we do some for direct consumer, of course, and we do some for email, but most of it, most of these hires were really to handle all the work needed to be done to improve product descriptions, research keywords, build really creative, you know, beautiful creative assets. So the, when you build a great, beautiful creative asset with good content, your brand perception of somebody visiting your product, it expands dramatically. So doing all those things in Amazon pays off huge dividends. So that's where our investment has been the last few years. Well, One of the places. You, you, you just made the case for my uh, for the name of my podcast, Amazon Legends. So uh, anybody who listens to my intro uh, episode, the first episode, uh, they hear that, you know, I explain why I call it Amazon Legends. Because first of all, so many moving parts on Amazon yeah. and constantly changing. Yeah. So this is not for just somebody who just wants a job. This is This really takes a lot of stamina for you to, to stay on top of things. In addition, Amazon will throw curveballs at you. So your account will be suspended, your listings will be closed, and then you're going to have to apply. So all these things come 
with heavy, heavy price to pay because you've got a cash flow coming in every other week, like clockwork, and that dries up. And, you know, and in the meantime, you're supposed to have a life. Uh, you're supposed to have, <laughs> have a wife and a girlfriend, a boyfriend and a husband and a kids and, that need attention and this thing. So this, this is a legendary story to, to be on Amazon. It's a legendary story. So that's why yeah. I called it Amazon Legends. Now, uh, the, the other thing is this whole situation with Amazon, it's all about numbers. So you need to be looking at numbers all the time. Yeah. It's analytics. And by the way, downloading reports and then looking at them means nothing because you need historical data. So uh, I want to share with you some of the most recent things that we are looking at. So as you know, Amazon provides brand analytics for the companies that are on brand registry. Mm -hmm. So you can now go in and for each ASIN, you can see what organic traffic you're getting from what keyword, which is achieving what kind of click-through rate. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the power of that? So, yeah. uh, so what does that mean? It, it means that I'm sure that, you know, uh, people, for the people listening on Amazon, you see that Amazon Choice badge. But when you look at that Amazon Choice badge, right next to it, you will see what the, key, what the badge was for in terms of keyword. So that's the goal. You want to focus on the keyword with advertising. You want to focus yeah. on the keywords that will get you that badge or close to it. And now with this uh, report in your brand analytics, you can track which keywords are actually getting you the best results and then direct your advertising. So do you, do you use that at all? I, I know, I don't know what, tools exactly i'm not obviously not in the day-to-day -day like they like the rest of the team is but i know that we used to really be early on and kind of a you do a product description set it and forget it now they're basically reviewing keywords uh, ongoing and changing product descriptions as needed based on the information they're seeing and all the research they're doing on keywords keyword source all that so they're changing that they're changing that a lot more frequently than in the past um, and you have to because it consumer preferences change keywords are searching for for that particular product that particular kind of product and that category change based on whatever trends are in the marketplace so you have to be a lot more agile in doing that work and yeah i know they're doing that and i know we use a couple of keyword research tools I don't. I think they get to a certain part of that, but I'm not sure. I, I just again, that's not my day to day thing, so I'm not yeah, sure. But yeah. I know that we're changing descriptions much faster than we'd have in the past. Well, I mean, this is this is exactly the case because what's happening is that when you come up with so before you launch your listing, you're supposed to optimize. You can't just yeah, yeah. put up. So you have to optimize. Optimizing listing means doing your keyword research and figuring out which ones are the highest value, uh, highest value keywords. Highest value means that you are getting a reasonable amount of traffic on that keyword 
on regular basis, on monthly basis, uh, and that you don't have too much competition on it. Right. Uh, so that way you can actually put some money behind it. So that way you're not going up against the whole world. And also you're not a drop in an ocean of volume. Yeah. Targeting a keyword that receives 100,000 searches. You're not going to show up anywhere. But if you focus on 10 keywords that get 10,000 searches, yeah, or five, saying, much, yeah, much the same place, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, and we do that a lot in Google. They've got some good tools for telling you which ones are hard to get. And, and you go after the, there's some that are, they actually provide a grade and you start looking at these grades. And I'm sure that there's something in the tools for Amazon that we're using. Had well, this is a third party tool. Usually my, my favorite is called Helium 10. So uh, we recommend Helium 10. So Helium 10 will give you that information. However, this information is not static. So when you're building the listing, you get this data and say, oh, okay, I'm going to focus on these, build my title, build my bullets, whatever, yeah. and then off to the races. The listing is launched. Well, those keyword performances will vary. Yes, so you then track so. the keywords. So the, the keywords that you pick, you start tracking them, and then some of them will start to underperform, some of them will overperform, and then that's when you are making the tweaks. Let's talk about a little bit uh, on the, the model. So we have FBA model on Amazon and we have FBM. So what is your favorite between the two? Well, we find um, if the customer has inventory issues because they're selling both through their website or actually a better, better idea is they're selling wholesale. Uh, and they're selling through their website, and they're selling on Amazon, they may have trouble keeping inventory in Amazon. Uh, we have one golf bag manufacturer, and their golf bag is selling out wholesale like crazy. They're just crushing it. It's a great-looking bag, um, great-looking product, well-made, um, very well-priced, so it's on the higher end of golf bags. And so we only have a small sample of his golf bags in FBA uh, because he just can't keep the inventory in. Now we have more inventory of some of his other items, his uh, clothing bags and uh, backpack. He has an unbelievable backpack, but so we keep that pretty well in stock, but his golf bags, you know, really is hard keeping them in stock. And those are his most expensive, highest margin products. So obviously we love him to keep it in, in stock. Um, but I would say almost everyone, it's it's really we prefer them to be FBA. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's a lot simpler to market uh, when it's in stock. You know, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, when you got a prime badge on everything, it's just easier to sell. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, it's a model that will scale very nicely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we're forced to. We're looking at one company that um, uh, they sell a product that's considered to be, it's not volatile or anything, but in Amazon's world, it's considered to be volatile. So you can't ship very much in. So we've kind of got an FBM, FBA, but they're kind of getting over that. Um, uh, but we prefer. Uh, and again, it also speaks to the fact that, frankly, if you can't do FBA affordably, then you shouldn't be in there. Yeah, uh, you have to have 
you have to have good margins to sell on Amazon. You can't, unless you're just, you know, you, now we do have some customers that are in Amazon as a brand. In other words, they want the brand and they aren't, they know they're not going to make much money in Amazon just because of their, the category they're in, but they know their brand needs to be in Amazon uh, because they're Amazon people that they're, E-commerce purchasers only buy if it's in Amazon. And so we do see some of that, but FBA is our preferred to work with. Well, the, I recently I find myself advocating for this. So I say there are two magic bullets on Amazon for success. One is called CTR. That means how many searches were done on keywords where your product appeared. How do you increase the number of people that click on it? Mm-hmm. Because the more people that click on the listing, the more people now on your product page. So how do you increase the CTR? So of course you can look at this as increasing CTR on advertised, you know, sponsored mm-hmm. yep. operation, increasing CTR on organic. Two different yeah. things mm-hmm. to deal with. But nevertheless, both of them will lead to the same outcome that you're trying to achieve, which is increase CTR. So how do you increase? Put your time into that. That's magic bullet number one. Number two is now they come to the product page. And you've got now people who said, oh, I searched for something that does this. And and this product looked like the product that I would want. And now I'm looking at their information. So there you have the pictures that tell the story. You have the A-plus content that will establish the brand more. And they click add to cart. That's called the conversion rate, provided that they check out. Yeah. Conversion rate. So magic bullet two is conversion rate. So how do you increase the conversion rate? So if you figure out how to increase CTR, and how to increase conversion rate, you're done. Now, why do I mention all this? Being in the prime channel, that means FBA, will absolutely increase your conversion rate because more people are likely to say, you know, I'm a prime member, I don't want to pay shipping, plus if anything happens, I can easily return. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... So that takes care of the conversion rate uh, issue. And also, you know, being prime is always easier. You know, like you mentioned, it, it will scale much, much more nicely. And, you know, plus fulfilling yourself. But there is one legitimate reason that I see for FBA, and that is when Amazon is delayed receiving FBA shipments and you don't want to run out of stock because when you run out of stock, the, the listing will right, lose right. its... Uh, rank so then you can switch to fbm until amazon is ready with the new inventory and then you can switch it back to fba so that's the only reason yeah we have a we have a really hugely popular supplement line besides getting blocked about every two weeks one of their products getting blocked every two weeks and causing havoc they can't keep it in stock i mean it's just it's they're a unicorn and so we have a fba fbm model so we if we are out of fba we just switch it to fbm and so that's a hybrid model that we do uh, just to keep it always in stock as you say 
Yeah. Even then they run out of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're selling, they're selling, you know, they went from, I think when we took, when we started working with them, they're doing about $2 million a year. I think they're going to do 50 million this year, yeah. two and a half years later. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, uh, these are huge numbers and scaling yeah. it all, doing your own fulfillment yeah. is, is very hard. You, you need yeah. to hire people and then facilities need to be bigger. And you, you just cannot, oh, they have, Amazon, you don't have to work. Yeah. They had one product that sold out on their website. They sold 10,000 10, units at $100 a unit in five minutes. Five minutes? Yeah. What was that? It was, was it uh, during the pandemic they were selling masks? <laughs> no, no, it was, a, it was a supplement. It was a workout supplement. And it would just, they had, it's a really hard sub uh, product to manufacture. So they had limited supplies always. And this, their, their reviews and ratings are just like off the charts, with this one particular product. And so they would send an email out to their list. It was primary. And though we're still now, now we've got it on in Amazon and we're running out of it all the time. And that's one product they can't keep in stock. So whether FBA or FBM, it doesn't matter because we can't keep it in stock, but they had the one product. They sold 10,000 units in, in five minutes on yeah. their website after setting out the email. It's crazy. So so you deal with many sellers. Uh, so share with us some best practices, so to speak. How should a seller organize their team? What are the roles and responsibilities that they should recognize and, and put on the table and then hire somebody to do that? You mean why they hire us? You mean or why, well, no. why? Uh, why in, because you know hiring you obviously that will take care of the yeah the promotion aspect of it. But the Amazon operation is a big operation in the company. You have different aspects of it. So yeah, uh, what is a good team structure? Well, the hardest thing for our customers to really recognize is how much time they have to spend on the phone with Amazon reps. Um, you know, it's just, you know, it's brain damage and most of the work's done out of the Philippines, which means there's always a huge time delay and putting in a, a case, you know, getting something or getting a decision reversed or whatever, uh, there, that's probably what we see why we get assignments more than anything is they don't understand how much time it takes, you know, working with Amazon internal people. Uh, but from them, they need to have a really good logistics fulfillment guy. They really need to have somebody. They need to know what their numbers are. It's still amazing that people don't know what their numbers are. They don't know if they're making money. Um, and they got to have, you know, somebody that uh, they got to have somebody, you know, we have really proven to ourselves because we weren't, we weren't staffing we were letting the customer do all the creative and the content that we would write most of the content anyway for the descriptions and keywords, but we're totally sold on having really high quality um, creative content and imagery with um, key product features embedded in the image is incredibly powerful. And you can do stuff on that that you can't do necessarily on your content. Some of it will be blocked, even, but they can't block an image. So some of the things you can say about an image, we're talking about in the supplement space, 
mm-hmm. is really interesting. You can say that on an image, you can't say it on your description of the product. So um, you got to have a good creative department anymore. You got to have guys that really understand keyword stuff. I mean, it's it's a big undertaking. And, and that's why we get hired is they realize it's really a huge opportunity, but they don't have the internal resources to even Im- imagine how to handle it. We're, we have uh, one of our largest customers, been a customer for like 13 years, 13, almost 14 years now. We've been doing affiliate marketing for them for that whole time. And they basically got blocked on Amazon about two years ago. They sell supplements. Again, you know, one of their manufacturers uh, shipped a product. They updated the they updated the uh, contents of the product. Amazon flogged flagged one of the items, one of the content, one of the ingredients of that product, and blocked their account completely. Whole thing. They were doing about they were doing about two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars a month. Blocked the entire account. They couldn't get anybody to tell them what they did wrong. And they just okay, let's just you know they're doing fine. They just stopped it. <laughs> and I think they're going to hire us to go in there. And they realize they can't handle Amazon. They just can't. They don't have the. Here they are doing an unbelievable, unbelievable company doing a great job. And we're going to go in and help them figure out how to get back on Amazon. Uh, they did get unblocked finally because Amazon recognizes this is a good company and they're legit and they're, you know, nothing, they, they sell nothing but brand name products and their own product and uh, nothing wrong with any of the products they sell and they should be in Amazon. And so anyway, that's well, kind of interesting. I mean, this is, this is so true because Amazon, first of all, when people <clears throat> grow, the Amazon does not discriminate in terms of size. So if you are a, in fact, I had a conversation with one of the Amazon guys. And these are what they call the biz dev guys, but they are assigned to accounts. So um, I said to him, you know, I have some clients that want to do better. So is there any way, and they don't have anybody assigned to their account. Is there any way that you can take over? First of all, if you don't start your account with an account executive, uh, it's going to be very hard for you to get one. Uh, it's going to take a long time at least. You know, they try and do this, but they have a paid program. It costs like a ridiculous amount of money to get your account executive. Yeah. If you want somebody assigned to you after you start uh, on your own, it's, it's, there's no guarantee. Sometimes you get right. approached, but nevertheless. So he said, well, what kind of sellers are we talking about? How much are they doing? I said, well, you know, less than a million dollars. They are around a million, but I want to push them. And then he laughed. He said, you know what? We love to work with smaller ones. If the ones that are doing a million dollars, they are already, they are fine. We don't need to touch them. So they prefer to work with little guys. So anybody who has yeah. thought about, oh, you know, we're small, nobody cares. That's not the case. Amazon cares more. That's why they offer that honeymoon period when you launch. So that's one. The second thing is, if you are large, then don't think that, oh, you know, we're doing so much in sales, they won't touch us. No, Amazon won't even blink. They'll throw you out, yeah. right? No, no. 
So yeah. now the reason why they do it is sometimes right reasons, sometimes wrong reasons. Right. But either way, it's all about protecting their customer experience because somebody may have been reported for some ingredient, like in your case, yep. and your listing may have the same ingredient, so they throw everybody out. Yeah, they do, yeah. It's yeah. a protective. I had this similar situation, like I had uh, during the pandemic. This is when it started, like March, April of 2020. As you know, it's like going through the roof. Yeah. And I had a client who sold masks, and they shut down all the mask sellers. But these yeah. guys had been around for four or five years before that on Amazon, doing yeah. well. And so I had to reach out and say, look, you know, I know you took a, a proactive action to stop the price gouging, but this is not a company like that. Their products are legitimate. They don't do anything like that. Plus, Amazon customers would appreciate this now. They need yeah. this. So the same day they got turned on. Yeah. They they take these actions. They don't care how much money you are making or yeah. how much sales doesn't matter. So they're going back to the team. So you mentioned someone with content. So a seller yeah, someone with content. Someone with, yeah. Someone with numbers. Content. Yeah. Creative content, design content. Yeah. yeah. And someone with numbers. Yeah. Someone with fulfillment. And someone with the financials, right? Yeah. So by numbers, we're talking about different two sets of numbers. One is the financials, because Amazon operation becomes very hard to account for, because you know you've got settlement reports coming in, inventory going all over the place. What is your actual liquidity? What is your profitability or KPIs? That's mm -hmm. that's quite a lot of work. And then you also have your analytics, you know, the, the things that I mentioned, the keywords, and the conversion rates and all that stuff. So, and then your fulfillment is key because you can't send an FBA shipment that doesn't comply with their requirements. It will get turned away. So, so, it's, uh, so you really need to put these on the table as something to recognize. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about the, um, so you said that your numbers have to work. For a seller to have a feasible operation in terms of profitability, what kind of numbers should sellers be looking for in terms of margins? Oh, I would say at least 60, you know, if, if they got a $100 product they're selling, they need to have about a cost of $40 or less. Um, I mean, you can make money at 50-50, but it, it'd be really tight. But if they're selling something, you know, they're selling somebody else's product, it's really hard to make money. Uh, they really need to sell their own product. It needs to have good margin. But yeah, the higher the margin, the better you have because to get started, you probably need to discount the product just to get, get it going. You need to get the reviews in. You need to get the organic traffic in. You need to get the conversion rates up. So again, like you said, in your return on ad spend, on your paid is going to be low. I mean, we typically do a stair step one, one to one, the first month, two to one, the second month, three to one, the third month. And from then, then we can start really spending money. Usually have fixed budgets the first three months. One is we use a, a tool where the, uh, the bidding is uh, uh, assisted with an AI 
And so it takes about 60 days just to get enough traffic in for the AI to even learn what they should be bidding on and to do uh, negative keywords and all that stuff. So it, it's a real, you know, ramp up. And none of that, Amazon's not going to let you sell. Even if you send in $2 million of inventory, they're not going to let you sell $2 million until they know you can actually saw, serve the customer in an effective way. <clears throat> and consistently, then you sell $2 million you, or you sell whatever, and then you send more replacement uh, product, or, and then you get good reviews on the product. And then, you know, you've got this whole series of uh, length plateaus that you have to go through with Amazon until you're finally, you know, boom, they'll let you sell however much you want to compete for. Yeah. And so you've kind of really got to have a whole process. <clears throat> if you're already in Amazon, you know, we touch every product description. We almost always change out the A-plus content, freshen up the their uh, storefront. I mean, there's all kinds of things that go on in the first 60 days that don't have anything to do with really making money. It's just setting up to make money. Yeah. I, I like your formula, how you set the stage, so to speak, because that really goes to planning. So for every dollar you spend in your first month on advertising, expect to generate a dollar in sales. Yeah. So one to one. And then month two is for every dollar you get two dollars. Yeah. And then it goes from there. So really, I mean, 40% is... So in my, when I work with clients, I color code everything. So as far as the cost of the merchandise, you are in the red zone if you are over 50%. Oh, yeah. It's Big. not worth doing. Yeah. If you are over 35%, you are in the yellow zone. Right. Uh, and then anything below 35% is, is green. So, yeah. so it, it ideally... You know, for a hundred dollar sold, you need to be paying landed cost of ideally twenty twenty five dollars yeah. for the merchandise. Because if you do the math, you've got let's say twenty five dollars you pay twenty five. That's twenty five percent. Fifteen percent you're gonna pay Amazon. So that's now you are up to forty percent. You're gonna pay shipping FBA fee. That depends on if your product is big and bulky and heavier then your fee is going to be higher and your selling price. So this is another thing. I want to sell things cheap. Well, when you sell things cheap, your FBA fee is fixed. So you've got a higher percentage of sale going to your fulfillment, right? So don't, don't, be, don't be cheap. You're not going to make money. So I say, give it 15%. So I, I usually, again, in my color coding, if it's more than, I believe, 16%, of the sale going to FBA, it's uh, it's already in yellow zone. So we don't want yellow. So you want, ideally, I want it below 12%. So between 12 to 16, it's uh, it's yellow. And uh, so let's say 15. So another 15 says you are up to 55%. So at best, if you are getting $5 for every dollar you spend in advertising, that's 20%. So now you are up to 85% already. This is buying at 25%. Yeah. Now you're going to lose money the first couple of months if you haven't sold it all on Amazon. Yeah. And, yeah. But, but not, and then you got, you got your fulfillment, you got your cost of the outside group that's managing. Busting oh yeah. But those are fixed costs. Yeah. Of so, yeah. I mean, it's just like, 
you know, you got to have a real reality check when you do anything, whether it's direct consumer or Amazon. Yeah. And, you know, but the, the most fun ones are the ones where we go in and they're selling something and they don't know how they're selling. Yeah. <laughs> and we just go in and go, we just smile and say, we know how to do this. I mean, we, we'll just get out of our way. We'll take over. And then we can, you now we got case studies all over about how many, sure. yeah. how big we grow them because they, they haven't optimized their content on their, their product pages. Keywords are crummy. Creatives crummy. You know, storefronts crummy, A plus is crummy. So we just start tackling all that, starting with their top 20% of their products or 10% of their products. And all of a sudden we got them humming within 60 to 90 days and very little change in their cost structure other than paying us and our, the increased sales will easily pay for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the kind of uh, space where you have to pay for knowledge. So, so I always are, say this, you know, not knowledge you have to pay for. Yeah. So I would say right now we're, we have a higher percentage of takeover than we have launches. Um, maybe that's because a lot of the takeovers are coming from our existing customers. In other words, uh, yeah, we do have new customers that are finding us because we've been successful on Amazon. But a lot of our existing customers are just, you know, they want to do Amazon and they're not sure. And they heard, you know, we try to tell them we do that and they come to us. So we know they're already in Amazon when they do that. And so we've been doing more takeovers. But uh, um, well, so do you do a lot of uh, pure new launches or are you doing a little bit of both? Um, my favorite kind of customer is the one that's launching for the first time because you have a clean slate, you have, uh, yeah. you don't have preconceived. No, no batteries, no bad reviews. Yeah. Yeah. So it's much better. So, you know, I, uh, I always give the same example. Uh, when you are starting an operation, it's like uh, in ice hockey, like the ice rink, mm -hmm. uh, where after the Zamboni machine, just finished its work, it's smooth. There is no, no nothing. It's perfect. You can only make it worse after that. <laughs> so, so It only gets how, worse after that. Yeah, that's how a startup is. But in the case of Amazon, if you start that way, you can build the infrastructure around it. People who are doing it for the first time, they adopt the best practices that you recommend. That's my favorite customer. Frankly, Those are the ones that I make the most impact on. Yeah. So uh, that's that's really what gets me the uh, the excitement. So making an impact. So you can see these people suddenly they came up with an idea and now you've got orders coming in and they've got they're running a business and I'm able to do something about that. That's what gets me most excited. But you know you also have a lot of opportunities with relaunches we call them relaunches yeah you know, they 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 got they hired somebody who didn't know what he was doing or they tried to do it themselves by watching youtube videos that you know doesn't work properly so so uh dirk uh, this is great conversation on amazon i want to uh, ask you something else nothing to do with amazon so obviously uh, e accountable is a company you founded and then you know you, you many years ago, and then it evolved. And now it's with Amazon, you've got a whole different direction uh, as a service. And you've got a team of people, basically young, right? Compared to us, a younger generation. How do you inspire these 
these young team members in a very cutthroat kind of industry as a business leader? Well, I think, I think the work we do is very interesting. Uh, it's very, it changes every day. You have to be agile in your thinking. You have to be able to adapt quickly, not get frustrated at customer or Amazon or Google or whatever. But I think in general, you, you give them a lot of uh, uh, leeway to make, to screw up. And, you know, as I said early on to all my employees, nobody dies when you're doing marketing. Um, you know, I, my favorite story is we had a young guy just started. He'd only been there a couple of months. He thought he knew a little bit about websites. So he was making a, a simple change in the website uh, on Magento. It was a Magento. And basically, he did the wrong thing. <laughs> the site went down. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I did. And just like this, I just start laughing. Well, the customer, he, they weren't doing any sales. They wouldn't even know. They wouldn't even know when it went down. So we called one of our program, one of our developer friends, and he fixed it in like two minutes. It was pretty simple what, what he did. He just hit the wrong button. But I'm sitting there just laughing. And he's going, oh, my God, what's – but it's like nobody dies. And so let's keep it in perspective. But I think it's mainly that we give them a lot of uh, responsibility, accountability, and we give them a lot of leeway, and we give them something really interesting to do every time. And they're kind of in the front lines making decisions, and they like that. And um, you know, we used to hire people right out of college, but now the kids coming out of college are demanding such high starting fees we're hiring more seasoned people. Really? Uh, and so we're, we're hiring very, you know, five year, seven year experienced people, whether you're the design or content writing or whatever, PR, hired a couple of unbelievable PR people. And PR fits into our whole uh, content writing, SEO, which we're into, but, but also uh, recruiting PR for affiliate programs, which is, uh, you know, both earn earn media as well as paid media with the performance fee on. So, so it's really been different. And those people are, you know, it's been really fun to see the change uh, over the last few years. And, you know, again, Amazon also eats up a lot of those resources, meaning there's a lot to do, uh, but they have quite a bit of leeway on what they do. And I think they just like the diversity of the work, you know, diverse, we have a very diverse team and they like the real diversity of work. Uh, but they said we couldn't recruit to an office yet. A lot of people like to be in the office. We just recruit people that want to be in the office. And we do have some flexibility. We have been hiring really great people. Yeah. So what I, what I heard you say is, first of all, make the work interesting. Give them a lot of opportunities and a lot of freedom yeah. to do different things. And then give them responsibility mm -hmm. and let them make decisions and let them fail. That's what I hear. Yeah. And, and they and never fail they, badly. Yeah. When they do fail, much. don't be hard on them. Yeah. No. And, and uh, so that's what I, so that's. Just fail forward. Just keep, you know, apologize and keep going. Yeah. You know what I say? I say, I want you to make as many mistakes as possible, as soon as possible. 
yeah. just don't make the same mistake twice. That's yeah. the only rule I have. Yeah, that's really that's really what it's about. You know, yeah. just we're all gonna make mistakes, but just keep keep working. But yeah, so we've been very blessed to hire really good people and uh um and yeah, it's it's a fun fun group and we're doing you know our, our big goal is just to help people make more uh, help businesses make more money when we do that there's more employment when we yeah. do that you know it, it's and so that's been our goal is help make you know we want we want to sell more but we want to do it profitably too we're not tied into you know we don't want them to lose money if they if they can't make money they can't pay us as exactly. i say so, so they, they need to really manage their margins and we'll market to them whatever their margins need to be so they can they can make money and we can make money. But it's first, they've got to make money first. So tell us, Dirk, how people can find you, <coughs> how, uh, your contact information. We'll put this on the website and also yeah. on YouTube. But uh, give us the way to uh, for people to connect with you. Yeah, I'm really easy. It's Dirk, and it's spelled D-U-R-K at eaccountable.com. Our website is eaccountable.com. Um, we've got a lot of case studies to show all the different services we provide. Uh, Marketplace has really been fun because it's our fastest growing service line, um, other than our, some of our core stuff that we've been doing for a long time. So it's a very rapidly growing uh, service line, and we We've just really been doing a great job with everything. And again, uh, we like Amazon because it's, uh, you can really feel it. You can, you know, you feel the relationship with the Amazon people. You know, we've gotten a little bit bigger. We're, we're carrying some larger customers. Amazon's doing a great job of reaching out to agencies like us now and giving us more resources, kind of like Google did for a while. Now that's all pretty much gone. Um, but Amazon's out there trying to enhance the services that we give with more care like you received because all the work you've done at Amazon over all these years, that's been a big deal. Um, and so it's, it's just, a, but we think we can really drive Amazon. If we have the right financial parameters and, and the market's big enough, which we can determine even before we get started, we can really drive Amazon. We can't say that as well with, with doing anything on a website as much anymore. Great. Thank you, Dirk. This was great. And um, I'm sure people will take note of it. So uh, thank you for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Great, great talking to you again. And uh, I learned as much as hopefully you learned something from me. Wow. I learned something from always, you. Always, always. Okay. And that, that brings us to the end of uh, another episode. And I'll see you on the next one. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure and subscribe, rate, and review our show. And be sure and share an episode with a friend. And thank you so much for being with us today. We'll see you next week here on Amazon Legends. <laughs>